calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in the uh, sector of the universe that we live in, the <laughs> podcast that pulls back the curtain on the supplement industry. Episode 82, Supplement Quality Roundup. Hello, Dana. Hi. Hi, we're still on Zoom meeting because of your uh, numerous joint issues. And we're not yes. talking about weed. We're talking about actual joints themselves, <laughs> which actually kind of brings up a funny point uh, before I get into all this stuff. I have a collagen slash joint health story. It's not even joint mm. health. It's actually more like uh, gut health. But anyway, collagen is used for joint health. But anyway, so I sold someone a uh, collagen supplement uh, for their GI problems that they were having, uh, because I believe it it helps support a healthy gut, just like chicken noodle soup that was made by your grandmother used to, right? Calms an upset tummy. And mm -hmm. first day trying it, he texts me and he's like, hey, dude, uh, this tastes like straight up rancid, whatever. It tastes like grain alcohol. It's disgusting. There's something wrong. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right at all. It's tasteless. I mean, I put it in my coffee and, you know, it, it doesn't make it taste any worse than coffee already tastes. Right. So, yeah. uh, but it tastes like nothing. You can mix it with water. We we put it in our smoothie every day. Uh, and so I'm like, listen, just bring it in and I'll test it out. Right. About 30 minutes later, he sends a message back to me. He's like, you're going to laugh. Uh, I guess that he doesn't trust his tap water. So he uses distilled water bottles. Uh -huh. He ran out of his jug that was found normally in his fridge. And there was another like smaller bottle that he thought he had maybe like filled up, you know, like for like, yeah. you know, exercising or something like that. So he used that and uh, it was actually vodka. <laughs> it was like <laughs> crystal palace vodka that he poured into oh, his God. morning shake. Like, and, and, you know, so <laughs> it's like Crystal Palace is the worst. It's I the mean, worst. it's like lighter fluid. Yeah, exactly. It's like the cheapest $9 for, uh, you know, a barrel full. And, uh, and so a couple lessons, one, yeah, we, the, we, our stuff tastes good too. <laughs> Label <laughs> your bottles, man. And, and three, don't, real. don't, don't buy Crystal Palace. That's pretty, pretty lame. So, uh, thank you for tuning in, of course. And don't forget to promote us to your friends, tell everyone you know all about us. This is a lot of fun for us to do, and we're very excited about it. I'm going to have something cool for our local folks to announce in the upcoming weeks, so pay attention to that. Check out my blog at woodstockvitamins.com. I just did my monthly rant. I was ranting about, oh, I think we talked about this last time because I was so freaking upset. It was like, uh, this week we talked about how I believe the CDC misinformation about the airborne nature of coronavirus like that print and then the retraction i believe that was intentional and there's intentional mm -hmm. stuff that's being going on to kind of so distrust in the institutions it, it, yeah you know like yeah they probably need some pr help and yeah we need somebody to lead to make the messaging correct but we uh have intentional you know degradation of the systems and actually Today's conversation is going to be talking about this because I'm going to throw a little bit of uh, uh, confusion to the wind because our mental state here is that the supplement industry is better, safer, more natural than the pharmaceutical industry and, and all of that. And we're going to challenge that notion. And, and a lot of the reason that we have this is because of propaganda misinformation over a long period of time. So, uh, yes. But first, let's start out with 
COVID stuff. So what what do we got on the COVID front? I've, I'm, I'm COVID fatigued with information because there's really not a lot of information coming out. I mean, we know that the vaccine. So a lot of people are like, oh, the vaccine, I'm not going to get it. I'm, I, I don't care. You know, don't get the vaccine, whatever. You know, you don't have to. The uh, I think you should. There's no reason not to. Every, everything is is proceeding in a very uh, fast manner in, in a positive light. But the yeah. truth is, is that you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it for freaking six, seven months from now, eight months even. So we have a long, a long time between now and then. We have a lot that's going to unfold. So uh, don't worry about having to make that decision today, you know? Totally. So what do you got um, on the COVID front? Well, as everyone may already know, we have reached the million death mark officially. Globally. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Globally, yes. Mm. Um, so that's disheartening. And, you know, to anyone who still thinks it's not real, I mean, what's killing these people then? Like, let's <laughs> yeah, a, use our a, heads here. A million but, recorded deaths, and, and it's not even considering all the, the hidden stuff. Exactly. And all of the, you know, like China or the other third world country that's misreporting data, uh, the United States. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I saw a new interview with Dr. Fauci, and he just reaffirmed his stance on mask wearing. There's been a lot of news outlets trying to spin his words, and he went through his timeline of, you know, his stance, which was in the beginning when there weren't a lot of infections in this country and there was a mask shortage. He asked the public not to buy them because, you know, hospital personnel needed them. And then when the case looked, the case levels exploded. He was like, all right, we need all to start wearing masks and even a cloth covering will work to, you know, slow the aerosol spray from your mouth. So just, you know, if whatever you can wrap around your face, do it. And he said that since then he simply has not changed his stance, no matter which way, you know, like CNN or Fox wanted to spin his words. He's always been steadfast in like wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance. And other than that, I mean, that's <laughs> that's all the COVID news, man. It's yeah. just it's still ravaging us and we're still working on a cure. Yeah, we have to get to the first weeks of fall. We just had, you know, it was my birthday last week. So we had a couple people to the house. And it got cold, right? Uh, thankfully, yeah. it was warm enough. But I'm like, oh, man, we can't go inside. <laughs> like, the party's got to end now. And so uh, so it's going to be tough, man, trying to socialize. And here in our area, the kids go back to school next week in some sort of mixed fashion. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. And I'm, I'm hearing that New York's cases are kind of bumping up a little bit just from, like, little yeah. pockets, you know, here and there. And that's troublesome, of course. So who knows? Who knows? I will yep, s- back say back to the Zoom hangouts every Friday night. Exactly. I've been playing board games. Actually, the game that I play the most is Pandemic. <laughs> it's, a, it's an awesome board game. You should check that out. It helps you realize how if uh, four people sitting around the table can fi- fix this problem, why can't our administration, right? So <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so uh, weight loss. Listen to this. <laughs> Uh, so I went a little nuts for my birthday, right? I so told my, mm-hmm. I told you guys, I told my wife, I'm, I literally just want to eat M M&M and M chocolate chip cookies 
for one day. Yes. <laughs> my weight's up three and a half pounds <laughs> just oh from, just from like a couple days of like having a good dinner and like those cookies. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I'm hoping that it's just transient, but, uh, uh, you know, back to my normal stuff. But I was like, I can't believe how, how easy it is for me to put away that many calories, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. I, I'm like still struggling. I'm back up to my start point, which I mentioned. Mm -hmm. My back is almost better. Like right now I am sitting in a chair instead of laid out in my bed, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's still a struggle. I'm still stiff every day. Yesterday I actually walked five miles after my chiropractor appointment. I there went to the rail trail and it is so easy to walk five miles when it's just a straight flat shot from one end to the other. Mm -hmm. So I get to try to do that. But I got home and I was like, I was so beat and my muscles were so stiff by the end of the day. And I was like, oh, this is a shameful state ah. to be in after just walking on a flat surface. Yeah. But, you know, I've been so immobile between my back and my knee since like July that it's not totally surprising. But I was just glad at least that I could move that far. But then, of course, I woke up this morning and my back was like stiff and spasmy again. But hopefully by this afternoon, I will be like loose enough again to go for another walk because, yeah. uh, you know. If nothing else, I want to drop the 12 pounds that I initially dropped by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're 40 plus, you know, you got, you got to stretch, yeah. Bob, you know, you're, you're an old woman. Oh, wait, I'm 40 now too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How dare you? I just, uh, I, you know, my back and shoulder injury have like are almost in my rear view mirror and I'm almost back to where I was back at the gym. So it is what it nice. is. And that's an, I guess that's a positive COVID story. We can talk about in New York, we've opened up gyms to limited, uh, people and oh, the cases true. haven't gone crazy. So that's a positive, uh, little shout out to the gym. So I yeah. hope you guys stay safe. So, all right, let's get to the meat of this. Um, there was recently a quality piece that came up on my radar that I wanted to talk about. So I figured we could just spend today talking about some of the bigger things that have come up over the past, like, I don't know, 30 days or so from a quality uh, perspective. I yeah. know we did talk about something like this a couple of weeks ago, but I feel, feel like this is a good thing to dig in on. So I have three different things that we'll talk about. Um, first and foremost, it is a analysis that was done by the Harvard Medical School they were analyzing memory supplements, okay? Mm -hmm. And what they found was uh, five unapproved drugs in the supplements, okay? Ooh. So these were published in the Neurology Clinical Practice Journal. Um, basically, these products that they bought, so they were looking for specific active ingredients, okay? They were looking for these things that are related to a compound called pyracetum, Okay. Pyracetum mm -hmm. is something that you probably are not familiar with out there. Um, even as pharmacists, that's probably not on our radar in this country. It's a cognitive enhancing medication found in Europe and pyracetum was actually made illegal by the FDA in 2003. So it's technically illegal to have pyracetum in your product in this country, but it's available. And I will tell you that in the distant past, we had that product available because we had a clinical pharmacologist, um, physician in our area who would prescribe it. He would write scripts for it. So 
So we had it and, and that was a little bit better, you know, way back when, but it's long since uh, been gone from my shelves. And what pyracetum is, is basically a derivative of GABA, which is kind of like a, a suppressive neurotransmitter, we'll say. Like if you increase GABA, you have kind of like slowed nerve transmission. And mm-hmm. it can also help acetylcholine levels, which may have roles in like memory. Okay. Uh, that's kind of how some of these dementia medications work. Right. But essentially when it comes to any brain drug, it's complicated, right? It's not like a simple, uh, you know, it's a calcium channel blocker or it's just some, you know, a beta blocker. It's just something that it does one thing. Normally these brain drugs will do lots of different things and, you know, uh, it's not important all the different things he does, but what is important is that it's chemically related to an anticonvulsant that's used here, levetiracetum, Keppra. Okay. And so we're talking about like all the things that it could do. So before people get excited about pyracetum and these other compounds, most of the data shows it doesn't really help out with cognition or dementia, of course, mm-hmm. because if it did, guess what? It'd be used, you know, because right. um, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are nervous and suffering from it. So then, you know, some people will point to the studies being flawed and sure, I'll, I'll give everybody that, but that means like, let's make better studies before we use it and like, not just assume. So anyway, so they were looking for the four derivatives that are commonly used in these memory supplements. Um, and, uh, what they found was those four and then some, they found five other things. And so all of these supplements are called nootropics. And this comes up a lot in my store and I don't do a lot of nootropics or I'm not sought out as a nootropic guy because I think it's kind of stupid. Basically, nootropics just is like mind growth, you know, and most people will be using these things for cognition enhancement. I guess is the best way to say it. So they'll use it to either function better during tests. A lot of students are using it. Um, You know, the uh, memory enhancers, like those kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. conventional nootropics, like ones that we know will have some sort of mind altering effect, which we would just call psychotropic here in this country, uh, amphetamines, methylphenidate, narcolepsy drugs, you know, those are the kinds of things that are truly nootropic. And so people are out there taking compounds that are working in similar fashions to like amphetamines and methylphenidate. Right. And so as a result, like the FDA's and FTC actually have both been trying to put like a cork or a lid on nootropics, basically saying that they have misleading ingredients, illegal marketing. They're, they're even saying that they're doing advertising fraud, marketing scams. So nootropics belong to a very questionable bin that in my eyes is potentially more dangerous than the most dangerous supplement category, which is sports nutrition. Sports nutrition supplements are commonly adulterated, um, contaminated. So lots of heavy metals. I think there was like a 2015 consumer report study that showed like heavy metals off the chart. And then they have like steroids in some of these like, you know, bodybuilder supplements and stuff. So, you know, illegal drugs to, you know, testosterone, all that crazy stuff. So, so I think nootropics are more dangerous because it's affecting your, your brain. And so when people are going into this, what, what, this feeds into is this biohacking kind of community where people feel like they can do all these tricks to like optimize performance. And right. so it's kind of like people feel like they're upgrading the Ram in their computer 
And the better analogy is that they're taking their motherboard and then they're like ripping out the chips that are on, you know, if you've ever seen a computer motherboard, there's all these like circuitry things, right? They're like ripping out the chips, replacing it with a different chip, soldering it in there, like in their own way, not with the actual machinery. And then hoping it works a little bit more efficiently. And anybody who's ever done anything with electronics knows that if you start doing that, if you don't do it perfectly, over time, you could have backups, overheating, lots of problems, short-circuiting, right? And so I don't really buy into this whole thing. I think that optimized wellness comes with just better lifestyle choices. That's how we can optimize everything. Like until you're eating the proper amounts and types and sources of healthy foods and really nailing that down every single time you eat, it doesn't make sense to kind of add on these other things. You know, like if, if you need cognitive enhancement, it's probably uh, either cause you're stupid. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's because you're, uh, you're, you could be fatigued or you could be malnourished or not exercising appropriately. So there's a million things that you should do first. Right. So, so yeah. this, this is a sketchy category and Harvard's like, let's take a look at this whole thing. Right. And what they found was uh, they found a bunch of different products and they said two of the four derivatives of puracetum were actually in the bottles, right? So Mm. if they were looking for four, only two of them were actually in there. Those two are actually medications that are found in both Russia and China used to treat brain injuries or even dementia, okay? So (laughs) for me, where it's like, hey, I want to augment my brain with weird drugs from Russia or China <laughs> like that. I think, I think that thought process doesn't really work for me from a logical perspective. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe somebody who was like, yeah, let's take a un- unapproved drug in America. That's available only in Russia as a cognitive enhancement. They may need cognitive enhancement. I'm not too sure, but I think there's better <laughs> ways to go about it. So 50% of the time they had the compound and that stinks, right? Uh, you know, like when you have a certain group of, of supplements, you would hope that the problems would be in a very small percentage of it. If everybody recalls, we've talked a number of times about my three types of dietary supplements conversation saying that in the past, adulterated, contaminated, dangerous products represented a big chunk, if not Uh, at least half of the supplements that were available on the market. As of late, it's a smaller and smaller percentage, but it's still significant, right? And so when you test a group of compounds and 50% of them are showing up as a problem, that's normally a sign within that class that there's a major quality problem within the class, right? Sure. So the first thing is that they found only 50% of the time properly labeled stuff of these weirdo medications. The second time is that they also found other crap, right? Stuff that's unapproved and weren't even listed on the label most of the time, right? These are other things like vinpacetin, fennybut, and picamillin, right? And none of those, (laughs) those sound very great, fennybut especially. Uh, (laughs) We actually had an employee that used to use that quite a bit. I'm just not, I just like, don't even want to go there. But anyway, none of those, (laughs) none of those are approved to use in supplements at all. And the FDA has been taking actions against companies that are putting those in there as late as last year. Okay. Wow. So, um, so yeah, so these are strike two, right? These are, are dangerous things that shouldn't be in these products. You shouldn't be using them. And then three, the dosages were a hot mess. So the Russian drug that was found in 
two of the four. Uh, it's Ambiracetum. Uh, Ambiracetum, that's how you pronounce it. Yep. It was found to be four <laughs> times the dose that's used in Russia. So the pharmacological dose, and this thing was four times that. And that's normally not the case. Normally, like when you have drug compounds found in supplements, they're a fraction of the pharmaceutical dose. This time it's, it's more, which is a problem, of course. And when we analyze supplements, one of the things we're looking for, does the product meet labeled claims? So if you say you have 100 milligrams of drug X or ingredient X, do you have 100 milligrams through expiration? And what they found is anywhere between zero and 135% of labeled claims across all the products that they found. That's a mess, right? It should be 100% and then like two of the products, but the ranges were all over the place. So so this is a big problem, as you can tell, uh, within this class of drugs. Um, it speaks volumes for the class. And, you know, they're, this group actually is pretty anti-supplement, and they think that the FDA doesn't do enough. And they were calling out the loopholes. And th- this is why these products can exist like this. So you can make a product without FDA approval, and the FDA has no system to track the products that are on the market. So that makes it a big problem for consumers, right? Because yeah. you can... You know, as I've said, one of my favorite quotes is Americans don't Americans don't want information they want to be marketed to. Right. And so you can tell a really, really great story about nootropics and how great they're going to be, especially since one of our modern boogeymen is dementia, you know, and Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and get people really hyped up and hopped up. But then meanwhile, they're getting all of these like drugs, essentially, that are not being made correctly at all. Yeah. One of my favorite things is like, you know, Joe Rogan told me to do it. So, you know, (laughs) you know, like I used to work for a podcast network that was, uh, you know, it was mostly comedy podcasts and we would get samples of nootropics from several different companies. I don't know if the one you're, well, I, I won't name the one you're talking about, but I don't know if Joe Rogan's ever showed up there, but I have taken a handful of these nootropics to see if they did anything. And frankly, I didn't feel any difference. Yeah. That's because you're already super smart. I love trying new drugs. Like that's my favorite thing. (laughs) One of my favorite things. And I was disappointed by all of these. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's very difficult to measure as well. Right. When people talk to me about memory issues, a lot of people don't think about what that means. So, you know, what is the specific objective endpoint or measure here? You know, uh, I, I don't recall people's names or phone numbers or like, you know, I don't remember these certain things. And it's like, well, you know, I'm 40 and I'm healthy and I have that problem. And I know why I have that problem because I'm not sleeping well, because I'm stressed out, because my mind's everywhere, because I use too much freaking Reddit, right? So I know why my head is like that. So um, is that truly a problem? And like, is that a flash in the pan, these memory problems that you're dealing with, this uh, poor cognition? Is it something that happens continuously with you? Uh, how would we really know that if you took something that you would get improvement from it? It's very difficult to measure, especially because a lot of the times people will hit a wall, right? They'll, they'll crash mm-hmm. up against the wall and say, oh my goodness, this is so bad, I need to take action. And then they're not going to do, do one thing, they're going to throw all Everything they got it. They're going to take away all the stops, throw the kitchen sink at it. You know, we're going to sleep more and we're going to do everything. And oh, yeah, well, I feel better. It's probably the pills. No, no, no. All the other stuff that you were doing is really what was contributing to it. So So that is my little rundown on the nootropic category and the recent analysis. What, What else could we get into? Let's talk about elderberry because... 
this one's weird, but it's like super relevant right now. Um, so yeah, you mentioned it last week, I think I did or the week before. Did I last week? I talked about the elderberry. Um, just in passing, it was when we were talking about flu remedies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So elderberry is a very big flu cough and cold season supplement. Uh, demand has been going up year after year. It's actually one of the fastest growing uh, sales categories in the botanical world, even in supplements. Mm-hmm. And especially with COVID, because this idea that this is a respiratory infection, a lot of people pointed to elderberry. And if you remember, there was some controversy about, oh, does elderberry cause cytokine storm and should you stop it? And I said, everybody's just making crap up. You know, you're listening to some (laughs) random herbalist who like has no degree. Let's not. Right. So here's the deal. If you get COVID, stop everything because we don't know anything about COVID, right? You don't take any, you know, if you want to take supplements to make you feel better about COVID, sure. But if you get it, stop everything and let the doctors take over, you know? And um, so anyway, so elderberry has been on the rise. A lot of people are using it. And it's weird because elderberry is normally not adulterated because it's so abundant, right? Actually, Mm. elderberry is used in other products as an adulterant. (laughs) So some people are going to buy bilberry and it's actually mostly elderberry. And so, right. Well, that is what it is. So let's talk about this concept (laughs) of adulteration. Adulteration is exactly what happened last time when those other unlabeled compounds made their way into the supplement. Um, And so adulteration is basically you adding a substance that changes the product in some way. And often it's like not labeled and it's, it's kind of secret and it's behind the scenes and nobody really knows what's going on. Right. So this is my anecdote of the sports medicine. They're adding steroids or pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, That's a big issue. Um, Most of the time this is to cut costs. So they'll, they'll kind of swap out ingredients. Right. So we've talked Mm -hmm. about this in the past. We talked about proteins. So the way that we measure how much protein is in a powder is we break it all down. We, we don't, we can't measure the actual amount of protein. They're, they're just going to break it down to the individual amino acids and then test those. Well, you can just freaking take a bunch of amino acids, which are cheaper than proteins and just shove them into the bottle. And then it, it makes it seem like there's a lot of protein, but your body won't absorb or handle it the same way. Um, we talked mm-hmm. about say, along the same long lines, collagen, right? So collagen is a special type of protein that is often uh, adulterated with cheap protein. So collagen is more expensive than regular protein. So they use regular protein in there because again, to test collagen, you just break it all down to the individual components and turmeric, which we're going to mention again, it's one of the most adulterated compounds. And, you know, commonly it was just rice powder, yellow dye and synthetic curcumin, because that was one of the original testing methods that were developed. Uh, to to measure the turmeric activity. So adulteration. So basically the bottom line with adulteration is that it's intentional. Where contamination is kind of like the carelessness, the accidental, or just the incidental, right? You're going to have heavy metals in fishies, right? So when you have fish oil, we have to make sure that we're trying to minimize the amount of mercury that's found, right? So Mm -hmm. adulteration is a real problem. So elderberry adulteration is, again, weird because it's normally ubiquitous and used as an adulterant and other things. So, but because of COVID we're running dry and we have to keep that machine moving. So some companies are selling adulterated elderberry. And we actually know this thanks to nature's way, which is a national brand uh, that's owned by the mega corporation Schwab. 
And uh, basically, oh. they uh, they've been looking to expand the raw material suppliers because Nature's Way is selling like you know millions of dosing units like a month, right? So they're looking to try mm-hmm. to keep up with demand. And so they were testing all these new raw material suppliers. And then they published this because they're like, man, this is messed up. <laughs> so they tested 25, they, they disclosed 25 bulk raw materials like powder and then eight finished products that they bought. And the, they were possibly adulterated with things like blueberries or chokeberries. So who even knows what a chokeberry is. Yeah. Um, a dye and black rice came up a bunch. So hmm. crazy, right? And a bunch of other things. Uh, so Basically, they found that these products had low uh, anthocyanin content, which is one of the markers for elderberry activity. Okay, mm-hmm. and so if you have low content, that means that you have low elderberry. But even if if it says it's one hundred percent elderberry, it's supposed to have a certain amount of content. So that's what kind of what kind of teed them in. So, of the twenty five bulk raw materials that they had, fourteen failed the identity test. Okay, so fourteen wow. of them, like just straight up, not even there. Five had none in it at all, no elderberry. <laughs> And then rice was found in a couple of the cases, which is pretty nuts. And so these are the raw materials. So when you go to a supplement company, you're like, hey, I want to make elderberry. And they're like, yeah, we have a raw material vendor. And you don't know anything about that raw material vendor or like can look at the actual analysis or like make those educated decisions. It's a real, real problem because this is probably what you're getting. You're getting these bootleg nonsense things. So when I see these supplement companies out there or these like startups that are trying to say, oh, you know, we have these inexpensive products or look at, you know, you can get our elderberry. And it's like, no, no, no. I don't know anything about you, the people that made your stuff and where they got the raw materials from. And we have to be so careful because of this, right? And of those finished products that they bought only, well, two of them out of the eight had no elderberry at all. And uh, they were also discolored. So, which is really stupid because at least (laughs) some manufacturers are smart enough to know, hey, listen, if we're selling elderberry, it should probably be like purple. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. these were like white and orange. Oh my God. That's yeah. way off. What, what were they even using to make it white or purple? Right. Exactly. So uh, pretty messed up, right? What do you think about all of that? Oh, uh, I mean, disheartening. Every time you tell one of these stories about what's been found in supplements, aside from what the supplement is supposed to be, it's always so disheartening. I mean, most of us are just trying to like, you know, just lead a healthy life. And the fact that, you know, companies out there are literally taking advantage of people's naivete is just, you know, it's, it's just disheartening. There's no other word for it. Like, what the hell, man? What the hell, man, is right. So let's uh, round this out with the turmeric, because this is important. Um, I've gone on rants about turmeric quite a bit, but I just want to talk about a bevy of case reports over the last few months that are linking regular turmeric consumption to liver toxicity. Yes, I've seen those. Yep. The patients were 50 plus and they were using it regularly for at least a month or more. And they had all these signs of basically drug-induced, almost autoimmune hepatitis. So your body starts attacking itself. Okay. Almost all of these patients had elevated liver enzymes that would go back to normal after um, discontinuing the turmeric. One of the doctors of the patients did like a like a deep dive into the study. And he reported, he's like, you know, this 5% overall incidence of abnormal liver function that we know is probably too low, you know? And so most people wouldn't even know that there's a 5% chance that you could have liver function problems if you take turmeric. Um, and, And let's just say it this way. If you came to a pharmacy and we had a drug that 
had a one to 2% chance of a side effect, you're almost guaranteed to have it, right? That's one that we would counsel people on to say, listen, this is a potential risk of this. Anything that's less than one or 2%, we don't really consider. And that's kind of like when somebody comes and says, Hey, I got this weird like rash that popped up and I'm like, okay, well, let me look in. Okay. 0.2%. Yeah. It's a possibility, but it may not be related. But if it's one to 2%, that's just our rule of thumb. That's the threshold. Like, yeah, that's probably a side effect from the medication. So to see that this is 5% in the crappy studies that are done about turmeric, that's problematic for people. And people need to really understand that. And even scarier notion that everybody should consider is that liver damage from herbs and supplements is about six is caused by about 16 to 20 percent of all products on the market so about 20 percent of all products can contribute to liver damage and that number keeps increasing year after year okay so so global liver damage that's reported it's it's a huge chunk of it is coming from supplements Okay. (laughs) And so turmeric, again, is already one of the most adulterated substances, so it can be problematic just from that regard. Um, But here's my, again, thesis, you know, period, exclamation point. I've gone on record a number of times, and I've said that the widespread non-judicious use of turmeric is going to be the next oopsie moment in supplements. Okay. Yes, you have said that a number of times with the same exact verbiage because it was so succinctly put by me that I could not even change it myself. (laughs) So it's true. You are very (laughs) succinct. I try. Well, yeah. I mean, if I find some verbiage, I freaking stick with it because my brain cannot handle trying to come up with the words. Like I'm just hiring people now to do my like marketing copy for that because I can't. My head just hurts. But anyway, um, if I asked any single one of my patients to take Advil every day because it's an anti-inflammatory. Do you think I would have any patients by the end of the week? Right. And I wouldn't because most people would look at me crazy and they should, because we know that the long-term use of anti-inflammatory drugs can increase the risk of cardiovascular disease, specifically cardiovascular events have been tied to NSAIDs, right? Oh God, I know. Right? And currently I have been taking the hell out of Advil. For yeah, but that's bag. different. So Taking it. it just for like three to six months isn't a major deal. You're also young. You don't have cardiovascular risks already. So you want to minimize the use. Um, and acute use is fine. It's just this idea that I'm going to just set it and forget it. That's a problem. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. Right. And so Advil and turmeric have overlapping mechanisms of action. Right. And there are people, especially in the supplement industry, that'll tell you that the supplement is more gentle and it can modulate. It doesn't block it. modulate, And they use all these weird words. BS. Like, show me the data. Show me the data where turmeric at a normal dose with a good, well-absorbed product given to a large population in the same manner that the Advil or Aleve or whatever was is safer. Show me that. Then I'll believe it because you, otherwise it's marketing. Right. And so again, my belief is, is that we have to be very careful about this whole thing. And that's why when we've talked about anti-inflammatory products or anti-inflammation, we cut to the heart of the argument. The blog level stuff is like, Ooh, inflammation is the, the cause of everything. Well, what causes inflammation, right? So there's this disease inflammation, chicken egg scenario that happens. So if we kind of push that aside, what causes the diseases? Well, it's our crappy choices. If we're not healthy, if we're not doing the healthy things, we're going to create this disease process that has an inflammatory process, right? And so we have to manage 
those risk factors. And then if we get the diseases, the diseases themselves are going to increase inflammation and it creates this ugly, perfect storm of chronic inflammation that becomes problematic. So the idea that you can go above all of that other stuff, right? All of those other bad choices over a lifetime and the diseases and everything by just taking a silly turmeric or like, you know, having a smoothie with turmeric in it once a day, like that's silly, right? So while yes, reducing inflammation is critical, it's vital. This idea of using like ginger and turmeric, that's blog level stuff. That's fairy tales, right? So, and that's just my little divergence onto inflammation. So I believe that (laughs) turmeric is, is something that we have to be very careful with. Sure. I have a question. This might be a silly question, but it feels pertinent in my mind. Mm -hmm. What about Indian food? Because turmeric is one of their like staple spices. Yeah. I mean, I'm the first person to say you should have a diet that has lots of different funky foods in it. And the funky foods are real foods, these, what they call superfoods, right? Which means foods. Uh, It's just healthy food. We're just just eating suboptimal foods. Um, So anyway, so you want to take that, um, those things into your diet on a regular basis. So not, do you, you don't want to just eat strawberries every day. You want to mix your strawberries and your blueberries and all the other different berries and colorful fruits. And then if you want to get, uh, you know, adventurous, if you want to hit that upper level that these nootropic guys are trying to do by optimizing or hacking, then you go get goji berries. Like you're not exposed to goji berries. So go get some good goji berries, right? And go into that upper echelon of unique antioxidants because they're going to have a different blend and mix of different things. And the same thing could be said about turmeric, right? Turmeric and all of these funky spices will have some great healthy benefits associated with their use. But when we're talking about foods, we're just kind of like gentle exposure. Uh, we may not even be absorbing a lot of the compounds that are found in dietary turmeric, but it's again, a healthy spice that is the spice of life, right? Just <laughs> sprinkle it in into your diet and, and make it a part of the thing. But this idea, like we're going to, we're going to concentrate it and then I'm going to take it every day and it's going to be a, a, a nuclear warhead against my inflammation. That's not correct. You know, that's the okay. wrong mentality. So yeah, that's Indian food is great. Yeah. My roommate um, in college uh, was an Indian dude. And like, I would just say he stunk up my clothes. Like, that's all I would say about it. Like, <laughs> I, like it was delicious, but you know, my crap stinks, you know? <laughs> so well, now I gotta, so uh, I gotta listen, buy stock in Febreze. Yeah. <laughs> I did too, but it was cause all my clothes stunk like weed. Oh, so weed or, or, you know, uh, uh curry, you know, either one, it was, right. <laughs> it was like whatever. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that dude, uh, he fell out of pharmacy school and then he stiffed me on my rent. So if you're listening, you still owe me, still only $500. Um, so let's talk about, I say you collect in, uh, in chicken korma. (laughs) He was a crappy cook. We're better off eating pizza. Um, has no redeeming qualities. No redeeming qualities. He was fun. It was a lot of fun, but anyway, um, so let's do the summary here because you don't want to hear about my college endeavors. Um, so I say all of that negative stuff because there's positives here, right? We have to be informed. We, we have to know that this stuff is happening and it, it isn't happening infrequently. Isn't these random players it's happening often, right? And if we know it's there, then hopefully we can kind of face that reality that our reality is clouded and, and skewed. And so we're biased. We think that drugs are bad. Okay. Right. And supplements are safe because they're natural and the industry's broken. Right. 
And if you're taking supplements without regard to this stuff, you're probably getting something risky at worst, at best, you're getting something that probably won't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of these things, drugs and supplements carry risks. So the risks of medicines are often well understood. That's why we can pick them apart. And that's why they can actually point to something and say, look, this caused this thing. So I'm not going to use it. Meanwhile, the supplement stuff, nobody's reporting on. Did you know any of this stuff existed? You didn't. And only because you listened to this awesome podcast and you, you co-host it technically, uh, that you will get exposed to this information. And so this stuff is hidden, right? So there are industry players, but nobody's really reporting on this because that doesn't work for people. So the risks of supplements are secret. They're hidden. They're downplayed, right? And if you ask somebody what's bad about big pharma, they're going to tell you the all of the corrupt crap that they've done over the years. Well, what's the supplement industry doing, right? So- Mm. Got to be honest, right? So it's not medicines or supplements, and we can't have that false dichotomy that one's bad and one's safer because they both suck. So we have to find the best of both worlds, and we have to be honest about what's going on. We have to apply some sort of rigor, some sort of standard to the products and the brands that we work with. So does that summarize it pretty? I think it does. Me too. All right. Well, I think I'm done talking. I'm going to try to go, you know, shake off this weight here by, uh, you know, convulsing <laughs> because I'm, by using with, shake weight. I'm withdrawing from sugar right now. Like uh, it, it is pretty nuts how it like uh, it, it, it just takes over. If you just let, let the, the floodgates open, man, just rush. You know, I'm just like constantly yeah. twicking. I, I want some trouble. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to go shake it off here a little bit here. And uh, so until next time, keep listening, keep learning and be well. Be well.